Welcome to the Set Yourself Free podcast, real stories of ending emotional abuse and taking your life back. I'm your host, Carrie Veach, owner of Set Yourself Free. I am a life and success coach that believes we all have limitless potential within us with the right tools and support. Trauma or past hurt might be a part of your story, but it does not have to be the entire story. We all have different versions of what freedom means, and I'm here to help you unlock your perfect version of how to set yourself free. Join us for season three, where we follow five extremely brave women who share their stories of what it took to get to the other side of trauma and abuse. Through listening to their stories, you will know that you are not alone, that shame can only grow in secret, and that it absolutely does get better on the other side. By hearing their stories, you will gain insight and tools for ways that you can access your own power and do the work to set yourself free. All of the magic you need is waiting deep inside of you, and these women are here to help you tap into it. Let's dive in. What tools or tips would you recommend for someone on a similar path that is navigating a challenge or trauma? Belinda. Um, definitely find the thing that you love and that is yours and fight for it at all costs. Even if you have to hide in the Mm -hmm. closet to have it, find your thing, Mm -hmm. whether it's fiction, whether it's listening to a podcast like this, whether it's just a a community, there are all kinds of Facebook online communities where you can just have conversations, find something just for you. 100%. Mm Find an ally if you can. I know you can, but it may not, it may be a family member. It may be a friend. It may be someone that you meet in an online group, but find Mm -hmm. one ally you can trust and understand that until you're ready to make a decision, people are going to tell you what to do. They're all going to tell you the same thing. They're all going to say, you have to get out of this. Like, it's not a mystery mm-hmm. of what you're supposed to do. And you're going to say, mm-hmm. okay, I know I need to. And then you're probably going to hang around a little bit longer. And then, and then it's going to be this whole thing. And just know, once you decide I'm going to leave, you're still allowed a minute. I mean, be safe as long as you're mm-hmm. safe. But if it's going to take a minute, it's okay. But start making that decision over and over. And you and I talk about the power of decision all the time. So even if it's making a decision deep, 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 deep down in your heart, just the smallest little envelope fold of a decision, I am going to get out of this. Okay, then the seed is planted. And then you begin to fold it again. You know when you have a piece of paper and you fold it and you keep folding it to the point they're only so it gets so big you can't fold it anymore. It's all the folds are gone. That's when you're out. That's when but keep Mm -hmm. making the decision over and over and over and make sure that you have an ally. And then as the decision becomes larger, like the folds get bigger and bigger and thicker, then more people will rally more people will show up every there isn't I have no question about that in my in in my soul at all exactly what you need shows up Mm, agreed and I think it's giving yourself a lot of grace and permission like you're talking about in that because I think that's where the shame can magnify if we're not careful and of course you feel that way And of course there's shame and of course there's all the feelings and 
as much as you can try to just be okay with that and let that be like just the better because otherwise then you are going to just stay in this cycle of going, oh, I should have left two weeks ago, a month ago, you know, and then it just magnifies. I should have left it three months. (laughs) I should have left (laughs) and then I dropped a towel on the floor and he screamed. Like I should have. And so what a shoulda, coulda, you know, there's all exactly. I think that is brilliant. What you just said, I'm giving you a brilliant star on your back (laughs) because that those feelings are exactly what you're going to feel. You're feeling that Mm -hmm. is not wrong. It's exactly right. right. If if you're not feeling that you may not be in, you may not be in our situation. If you're feeling great all the time, then, you know, you you may be fine, but you're going to feel right. I felt stupid. I just felt so stupid. And then I felt helpless. Then I thought, well, maybe I should go, go through with this. Maybe I can fix him. Maybe he'll be better. Mm -hmm. Maybe. And then it was like, you know, what, what, what's he done for me lately? Like one story, and this is one thing that I would also caution your, your, your people, everyone to pay attention to. One of the things that caused us the most crazy was when the spotlight was on me. Anytime mm-hmm. the spotlight was on me, he would create something, create some sort of argument or a fight to put the attention back to him. So... One of the biggest awards, like the, my, the dream award for songwriting when I was a kid was to win a Dove Award. And I had been nominated a few times and lost. And this particular year, I was like, I, we might have a shot at it, you know. And there's a lot behind the scenes. So you kind of know when you don't have a shot. <laughs> You're kind of like, yeah. okay, maybe. <laughs> and so I had shocked I had gotten the dress, the hair, the makeup. I've done the whole thing. And I was ready that morning. And he decides to break up with me. <gasps> and so, and this is before I really was on to the whole situation. So he decides to break <laughs> up with me. And so all I can do is think, I'm going to the awards ceremony. My family hadn't come in for it because we didn't really know till the last minute that maybe maybe it was a potential win. Yeah. The same day I was having my, my HVAC replaced. And so I was trying to, I was having to go outside to talk to him on the phone and I was sitting. So fine. I, I get ready. I'm going to the award show by myself because mm-hmm. who am I going to ask at the last minute to go get it at that point? You know, they needed a suit, you know, <laughs> friends with a bunch of musicians. <laughs> You're like, what? I'm confused. Um, <laughs> so I had my dress on, I had my hair all done. And I was sitting in the grass in my yard, weeping in my, in my dress. And, um, he was like, you just don't pay enough attention to me. I remember him saying that. And I'm just, and, and so I hung up the phone and I was like, okay, I'm going to the award show by myself. And the little HVAC guy came around because obviously I have a (laughs) tiny house and they could hear everything, but I was trying to keep them out of it. He came around and he said, miss, you look so beautiful. I don't know what he's thinking, but Mm -hmm. don't let him take away your joy. It was so, oh, Oh. so I was like, okay, should have left then. (laughs) Should have gone to the awards by myself. But of course, in the last minute, 
he turns around. He's the hero. And so hero. Yeah. Good night. We won. I won. I had to get on the uh. stage, look down. And I'm like, I have to thank him because if I don't, then it'll be another big argument. And so mm. tired to go out and celebrate afterwards. So he dropped me off. He went home and I went out by myself or with my, I had some friends. I did have friends, but <laughs> I was like, he was my friends and they're like, Oh, where is he? And I'm like, yeah, he was tired. Of course, you know, everybody at this point mm. hates him, but I haven't quite, I, I hated him then, but after that day, but, but that's such a good, mm. it happened over and over and over again. It's just so unfortunate that it happened on such a big day. But pay attention if that's happening. If every time something good is going to happen to you, there was a, there's a huge argument and a huge fight. And mm-hmm. the attention has to be gone. Just pay attention to that. That was a huge thing throughout, throughout the, the, the nonsense. Mm. Yeah. And I think that that gives people permission, right? To know that their experience again, because I do think that's just the best thing we can do for humanity is share these experiences because whether it's being in an abusive relationship, whether it's motherhood, whether it's starting your business, like I don't care. There are all the things that everyone thinks that they are by themselves feeling how they're feeling in. And as soon as you hear somebody else's experiences that says me too, you're just like, ah, I can breathe. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not the circus freak. I'm fine. It's we're all we're all the circus. We're all it. So if you just speak up, I do think and I want to give us us women credit because we have certainly started talking about stuff that my mom's generation absolutely never could have, you know, ever. So I do think now um, because I'm trying to think of this was a few years back, but I think now I have enough strong women around or people that I would trust to reach out to online even and say, Hey, some of the stuff that you said on the podcast was relatable. Um, or some of the stuff that, you know, I I think there's enough people around me that I could reach out and go, just, just check me on this. Like, am I crazy? Is this weird? And I think they would be like, uh, no, you're not crazy. It is weird. And you don't have to stay in that. Right. Yeah. Permission granted. Permission granted in all of it. It's all okay. Jess. Absolutely. Uh, number one thing I would say is journaling. Mm-hmm. And I know everyone hears this a lot, but when you can get the things out of your head that are going on, and you can put them on paper and you can see that they're out of your brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not just, you know, twirling around in there all day long, bugging you, interfering with what you're trying to do then you can have more control over organizing those thoughts, like immediately. Um, Everyone who I've ever recommended to do journaling for me has told me the same thing. As soon as they get it out of their head, it's one less thing they have to worry about. Their head feels lighter, like physically. Um, And so I think journaling is just an amazing, amazing tool. Um, Journaling very specific things, of course, as well. For instance, like your experience with anxiety, your experience with trauma, um, what you did explain. And, and obviously like, these are things that you're not necessarily going to show people, but you could, if you wanted to, you could have it as a guideline for beginning therapy. Like there are so many ways that you can use this tool for what you need. It's incredible. Um, I personally really, uh, I'm, I'm really big into cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Um, and I use a lot of those tools in my coaching, but 
one of the biggest ones for me was the negative thought patterns and, you know, um, paying attention to them, writing them down, writing down your evidence to the contrary, and then reframing that thought in a positive way. That, that is a hugely wonderful, amazing, significant tool. And you don't have to understand a lot about psychology to use that. You don't have to understand a lot about counseling to use that. You can just simply have that piece of paper with you and then insert those positive thoughts in place of the negative ones. And then that becomes a pattern. And then you can have a lot more clarity on the things that are going on in your life because you don't get stuck in that negative thought pattern cycle, which can steal hours and days and weeks from you. Absolutely. I am obsessed with journaling. I love it because, well, because I think that one thing, I don't know if you felt this way, but I feel like it wasn't taught to me or maybe I just missed it and I wasn't available to like learn in the capacity to use it as a tool now is um, really looking at your thoughts and understanding that you don't have to believe your thoughts. And I just, I feel like it's not that simple, but it is that simple right? Like in getting the thoughts out allows you to look at them. And then everything I did learn, like in my master's in counseling was like, okay, how do you become the gentle observer of your thoughts and of your life? And when you're able to look at things on paper, you're able to do that. I feel like in just a better way in terms of being outside of yourself. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, In addition to that, I feel like when you're able to be that gentle observer, when you can do that for yourself, you're more able to do that for other people as well. So when you notice Mm -hmm. in your own head and how your reactions reflect that or your behavior reflects that, um, it can really help you be more patient with other people in the world and be more understanding with what's going on around you to help you take things less personally, to help you understand that everyone's going through these different types of things. Um, and yeah, like I, I couldn't agree more about the, the journaling part for me, journaling was always like keeping a diary, like, you know, mm-hmm. writing down about your crush and like the games <laughs> you want to, you know what I mean? Like it was yeah, just yeah. a silly school girl thing. That was just a fun thing to do or a funny thing to do. And it wasn't really a psychological tool, but now I realize how much it is and how it should really be taught in schools, how it really should be taught in a way that people can understand, like, Hey, just like you can make up a story, a fiction story and go down, like, you know, create an entire fictional world for yourself. You can also do that in your own head without realizing it. Yeah. Right. That subconscious flow where where your reality can be completely different than someone else's and the objective reality. And that's just whether or not you believe the thoughts that you're having, like you said, being able to assess them, being a gentle observer um, being non-judgmental and just kind of letting things flow and then being curious enough to investigate where those thoughts are coming from, where they're leading you, the effect they have on you. All of that stuff is so, so important. Uh, could not agree more. And I, yeah. I, I saw something recently and I'm so happy to see that more and more schools are, you know, incorporating mindfulness type practices. Um, because I think, finally, there's a little bit of a step understanding like, okay, we need to be teaching these things and that it has to start young. Like it just has to. Yeah. And I like the amount, the effect that it can have on a child's mind in order to be able to put their thoughts on paper and then look at them and just look Mm -hmm. at them and and see that they exist and see what, and not judge that. 
Yes. Just that non-judgment part, I think, is huge for children because they're so judgmental at those ages. They're trying to learn boundaries. They're trying to learn what success means. They're trying to learn so many different things that they have to constantly be judging because they have to try to figure out what to incorporate in their lives to be successful adults. Mm. And so if we give them this tool and say, hey, like, you don't need to criticize this. You don't need to judge this. You don't need to grade this. This Mm. is just something that exists. And, you know, like, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what else does that make you feel? Do you want to know more about why you might be thinking these things or um, how to just observe them in your mind when they're coming through? And you can't journal them out immediately. Like so many ways that we can help kids kind of get out of their own heads, help them feel more connected in the community, um, just help them feel more connected with each other. I think that could have a huge impact on, you know, things like bullying and stuff like that. Like, I was severely bullied as a child and I think it has a lot to do with the trauma that I experienced. It's just, mm-hmm. just act differently, behave differently. People like kids especially pick up on that stuff. Right. Absolutely. And, and so if, you know, if we had had the opportunity to write some things down and, and think about things, we could all probably have learned a lot from each other and not been so divided. Renee. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest one of all is belief. Mm. We must first believe that change is actually possible, that we can heal, that we can grow, that we can learn. And when we don't have that belief and we're just, I guess, grasping onto straws or, or holding onto things that are temporary and fleeting, we will continually feel like I can't do this. And you have to get to a point where you draw a line in the sand. For me, it was the birth of my daughter. She became my, that's it, this is over. There are no more excuses. But we don't have to wait until something so huge like that. We just have to decide, do I actually want this? I'm going to choose to believe that this is possible. Because without belief, we will always sabotage our own success and justify why we're unable to heal. We'll always look for excuses. So we have to first and foremost go, no, I'm going to believe that I can heal, become whole and create the life that I want for myself. So that's that's the first one. And then I love the word determine because the mm. word determine actually means to control or influence something directly. So when we realise that how we respond to our circumstances and our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions, once we realise, hang on, we have a part to play in this, we can actually choose to decide how we're going to make those things play out in our life, that again is another really empowering tool. So the longer we believe that what happened to us will always dictate for us to live a less than life, we always will live a less than life. So we must determine, hang on a minute, just because that happened to me doesn't mean that has to rule my life for the rest of my life because that's that victim mentality that I'm really, really passionate about breaking, first and foremost in my own life and then helping other people to break it in their own life. So as soon as we realise that our life is actually not out of our control, certain circumstances, sure, but what we do with those and how we choose to react and how we choose to think about them is definitely up to us. And then I think another tool, and this is a really big one and something that was really hard and probably the hardest for me, it was self-compassion mm. and self-love. 
Yep. Learning to forgive myself and learning to take time out for myself made me feel really selfish for starters. I was like, no, I'm a mum. I can't take out time out for myself. That's being a bad parent. But I always talk about that aeroplane analogy in the safety yep. brief. You know, with the oxygen mask, we yep. must, you know, look after ourselves first. And people used to talk about self-love and I used to roll my eyes. <laughs> I used yeah. to go, oh, oh, here we go. And I used to think it was all fluff and mumbo jumbo and I was like, I'd already start, you know, my eyes would glaze over and I'd be looking off into the distance. And then I realised, hang on a minute, there's something about this stuff because I had a very limited capacity because I have always been, you know, go, go, go. Like I said before, I would burn out really quickly. And then I go, why, why am I depleted? Why is my capacity? Why have I hit a wall? It's because I wouldn't then fill myself back up. So the best part of, you know, learning how to heal well is being kind to yourself. If you fall down, that's okay. Just dust yourself off. Like I did a million times over. Um, and just try again. We're going to make mistakes. You will absolutely guaranteed take four steps forward and 10 back several times over. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. Just get up and do it again. You know, I fell down in glorious style, spectacular <laughs> <laughs> style, but I well, always got back up. I love all those tools and especially, well, so... For the last one, I think that's such a critical piece for, I, I mean, I can speak personally for myself and I know for so many women who have been through, especially any kind of emotional abuse because oh, yeah. you're so used to being told that you're wrong or something is wrong with you. And so it's just natural that you're shaming yourself and you're beating yourself up when you don't do something quote unquote right. And yeah. it is really hard to unlearn that, um, especially, you know, if you've been in a really verbally abusive situation where somebody is like constantly on you, it's hard to imagine a world where that doesn't exist. Mm. And, and I don't know what it was like for you, Carrie, but it fills your mind with noise. So I, I still now have to go through certain strategies in the evening, particularly if I've been working late into the night and, and I have to be very mindful of the way that I spend my days now because of this. And if my mind stays active too late into the evening, I will not sleep. I just can't shut it down. Mm. So learning how to master the mind, which took me a long time, and this is what I, one of the areas I go really deep with my clients, is learning when you've got all that noise in your mind, having to take yourself off to your happy place or a quiet place. So I have a lot more freedom now because it's just me and my children. So I go to the beach, I just sit by the water. If I can sit by the water, I'll go grab a cup of coffee or a bottle of water, whatever it is, and just sit in a quiet place and just learn to breathe and just ground myself to where I am, close my eyes, listen to the ocean. Mm -hmm. And, you know, straight away you can feel yourself de-stressed, can't you, once you start breathing. And, again, it's learning what to use in our hand. It might just be going for a walk during the day. At the beginning when I had my baby, that's what it was. I would just walk around the block several times because she'd be screaming and not sleeping, which added to my anxiety. True. So I would have to get out of my house. So again, it was, well, what can I do? Chuck the baby in the pram, get out into the <laughs> sunshine and go for a walk. So when you've got all that noise in your mind, you really do have to go, okay, what's my happy place? How can I get there? Is it exercise? Is it music? Something to take our mind off our own noise. 
Heather. Yes. So the biggest thing I've noticed is we pretty much have an empty tool belt on once the trauma has happened or the abuse has happened, our tool belt pretty much gets emptied and gets put in with surviving mechanisms Mm. and learning how to get through this mechanisms and Mm. trying not to get hurt more mechanisms. And those things feel like tools because they're getting us through this situation. So people hold on to those. And the biggest thing I can say is start the biggest thing, but the hardest thing for me was listening and trusting myself Mm. because someone else took that away. Someone else depleted that. Somebody else pretty much said, do not trust yourself. You cannot be trusted. So you rely on them. You rely on somebody else. You rely on your parents. And we're supposed to rely on our parents. But in some situations, that's one of the most unhealthy situations for us. Right. So number one would be, even if it's little things, do I want to eat this popsicle? Yes or no? And listening inside, does your body really want it or not? And it's the best way I can explain it because starting to ask those yes and no questions starts to build inside of you. If your body says no and you do it anyway, your stomach's going to feel upset or you're going to regret it or, or something because you went against yourself Mm. and building on that to do I want this person in my life anymore yes or no and the everything's gonna have pushback that's why I start with little things like do I want to eat this or do I not because the day I had to tell my dad you cannot be in my life and tell my mother the reason I left you was because you could not protect me Mm. only came from learning that I could trust myself and I could keep myself safe. Mm. And no one realizes how big and important it is. And then from there, it is building that support system, even if it's one person at a time, even if it's, it's hard because I took little pieces from everything. Mm. And I made the me- the best thing that I could. And so it was self-help books, but that only got me so far. It was massages and baths and self-cares like that. It's all about learning how to take care of yourself because we were taught not to, or it was taken away from us. So Absolutely. I guess that's the big answer, self-care. <laughs> take care of yourself, learn about yourself, learn what you like, learn what you don't like learn what you're okay with, start learning boundaries. And that all seems like a lot. And that's why I do what I do because hundred <laughs> percent, it is a lot. It is a lot. And it's, but I like that you said that, especially with breaking it down to just like one decision at a time, one yeah. step at a time, because otherwise, right? Like our brains go into overwhelm and that's why it's always breaking it into smaller chunks and pieces, especially when you're in that fight or flight response, like or freeze. Yeah. Or freeze. And so you have to be able to 
get the support around that so you can change that programming, right? And yep. it starts with those tiny steps like you were talking about. Yep. And it's, it is a lot. And people hearing this might go, well, how am I supposed to do any of that? What? Because it does, it gets overwhelming. And sometimes you just want to quit. Yeah. But once you make that decision, that regardless if you haven't told yourself I love you yet, mm-hmm. that decision is saying I love you to yourself. You are important and this is worth it. It's, it, it may not make any sense, but you'll just know inside of you, okay, it's time. Okay, I'm going to take my power back. Okay, I'm going to heal this stuff. Okay, I'm done with these stories that I've lived this long. One way or another, I'm going to figure this out with people around me that are going to support me one little piece at a time. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And I think, I mean, that's the biggest lesson for so many women that I talk to, you know, that have been on the podcast that I work with as clients. It's it's figuring out a way to build that self-trust because even if you haven't been through quote unquote massive trauma, the world teaches you not to do that, right? Like everything in our world is structured. So you don't trust yourself. So you live in fear. So you rely on other people. And that's just exactly the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish here, right? Is giving people tools and stories and resources so that you can trust yourself. And yet it's contrary to everything that we are taught. Very much so. And someone once said that trauma is something that goes against your needs or something that goes against and hurts you. Mm. So they say as a baby, when your mom lets you lay in the crib and cry, your body sends a a response and that's trauma. It's, It's a, she didn't pick me up kind of a thing or anything that has affected you. So I had this discussion before someone was like, well, I have never experienced trauma because they didn't experience what I did, Mm. but their parents were working all the time and were never around. Mm. And that set into them. I'm not worth it. They're not worth my time, even though their story went on. That's still a form of trauma. You skin your knee. That's trauma. Like, right. It's, it all comes back to, are you taking care of yourself? Are you trusting yourself? Are you allowing yourself to be who you want to be regardless of anything? And especially after trauma or abuse, it's who did you have to become to be in whatever situation you were in? And who do you have to become now to be yourself? Uh, and that's yeah. two totally different people. Mm, very true. Very true. Stephanie. So, you know, part of creating your team is also making sure that you have the right people. So it's, it's not just friends and family necessarily. I also was really lucky that I finally found a really good therapist because when I had tried to get a therapist earlier on, when I was still in the unhealthy relationship, I mean, I had one, th- one therapist that wanted me to be on medication. She's like, let's put you on some high psychoactive medications. When I'd never been on medications before, and instead of trying to figure out the problem, she's like, let's medicate you. So luckily I didn't join in on that one, but I found a really great therapist who was just amazing. She was this cute little woman from Peru and she just would love to just hear my stories and talk things through. And she just, she had seen some stuff 
So whenever I would come to stuff, she, you know, she'd like Stephanie and she would kind of talk me down or most of the time she would, you know, she would just say to me, you know, the right answer. And to just mm-hmm. have a sounding board to just remind me that I'm not crazy. Like I, there were really moments where I thought it's, it's me. There's something really wrong with me. And she would say that, no, that's actually a really normal behavior or that's really a normal reaction. That behavior that you were dealing with is what's abnormal. So having a really good therapy for me was really helpful. Um, reconnecting to your spiritual self. I don't care if that is God or if you want to call that the universe like I do or you know whatever that looks like for you, but creating that really bigger picture than yourself, doing some volunteer work, you know, working on an exercise program, getting yourself healthy eating, you know, and I know we both are really interested in healthy eating, you know, the, all of that stuff, it, it's got to all be kind of put together. And it's really what I work on also with clients is that getting that full um, package of total health back on track for yourself is important. And so creating to help you stay on that track is key. Yeah. Well, cause how interconnected it all is, right? Yes. And yes. I think that's so essential to remember, um, cause it's easy to forget that sometimes, right? Like we just, we reach for the, whatever is convenient or, and then it's this cycle where we, we eat something crappy. We feel crappy. We don't want to go to the gym. You know, the whole cycle continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, I work with high school kids as well as, as coaching. And, um, one of my high school kids came up to me literally two days ago and he said, Miss McPhail, he said, I've been drinking green smoothies and I've been drinking more water. And he said, I've been feeling great. He said, I know when I was in your class, I just kind of yesed you to death. And, you know, I thought you were a nice person. So I just wanted to, to, you know, appreciate what you said. He's like, but I actually did it. He said, and I feel amazing. He's like, I have so much more energy. I'm so much more clear minded. And this is a 17 year old soccer player kid, you know, for all well, let's just try it and see what happens. And he had such great results. And actually when he was a student of mine, he was depressed. Mm. And for him to come back and tell me that, like the big smile on his face and feeling so good, the big difference was the, what he was putting into his body. Yeah. So it's so important. I mean, I like thinking about wholeness, right? And the whole picture, because I think that yeah. is important to remind anyone listening of, because it's so easy to think just practically speaking of like the therapy aspect or the support system. And those of course are cool, but yes. it also is a holistic view of everything going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my, my husband actually does something um, with our clients called Psyche, which is a high speed mindset change. So some of those preconceived ideas that we have, the conscious beliefs that are just kind of under the surface, he's really good at helping people figure out what those are and then reprogramming. Mm. So a voice in our head, that doubter that's, that says, you know, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not attractive enough. You've always had these bad relationships. You'll never do any better for yourself. He helps get to the bottom of those and change them around. So it kind of takes like months worth of affirmations, of daily affirmations, and in five to 10 minutes, once they that what the issue is, he can help you change it in a snap. So that for our clients has been great. And that's really part of that big, that emotional healing. Once you get there, it's like, I mean, I actually had an issue where I was speaking at a large event and I was really nervous about it. And it ended up that it was an insecurity that I had. And so I, I sat down with my husband, David, and I said, you know, this is what's going on. This is the insecurity. And he said, okay, we'll do this and this. And I did exactly what he said for the Psyche session. And I went to the event. And I mean, 
all of my followers that watched it said it was the best they had ever seen. So it was so cool. And I was like, and I felt so at ease where before mm-hmm. just give me a microphone, I would feel just panic <laughs> in my chest. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So any kind of tools like that that you can have is, can really help everything. I I'm love sorry, that. Second, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, and then I also love, um, want to come back to what you first said, which I think is so important and is so helpful in healing or validating in general. And that's that normalizing that your therapist was able to help you with because mm-hmm. you do feel crazy and you feel like you're the only person in the world that is having this experience or that feels this way. And so when somebody is able to just normalize that for you, and essentially give you permission to feel how you feel. It's magical how that is just so great in your body to be like, oh, I'm not alone in this. Oh, I'm not crazy. Oh, you know, whatever those voices are that are running the show and to go, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. Other people have this experience too. I'm okay. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I started my group, my free online group is because when I was going through it, I felt really alone. So I had my friends, I had all these great other things, but I wasn't able to talk about my experience in the toxic relationship. Mm. For me, starting the group was was kind of creating the group for the me that was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so when I started, I said, okay, I want there to be support. I want there to be a place for women to go and have people that understand what they're going through and to feel like they're not so alone because the biggest things that people deal with is fear, loneliness, shame, guilt, you know, and we've talked about it before, but if you have other people that understand where you're coming from, and again, it just reminds you that those people have lived through it. Other people have gotten out of it. It's possible for you as well. Absolutely. I mean, that to me is one of the biggest gifts is permission giving and evidence, Mm -hmm. right? Too, of seeing right? Like the whole purpose of this podcast is so other women can see, oh, if this person walked through this and got to the other side, I can too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I just came back from Costa Rica. I brought a group of women to Costa Rica on a healing retreat. And that was, I mean, that was so cool. And, but it was funny because one of, one of the women um, at first was fighting me. And she was like, I'm not going to, I just don't want to do it. She didn't want to do the healthy eating. She was not interested. Like we were going to do yoga every single day and meditation, all those things. And she was really out of her comfort zone. And I said, listen, I promise you that you will be a changed person at the end of this week. It's going to be intense. It's going to be uncomfortable. Like a butterfly, you're going to be all gooey during this whole entire week. But I promise you, if you stick to it, by the time Friday comes along, you're going to be just amazed at the transformation. And luckily I let her, you know, she was like, fine, I'll, I'll try it out and see what happens. And of course, you know, Costa Rica's got some bugs. So what did the <laughs> universe, yeah, the universe sent her and she doesn't like bugs. So the universe sent her a tarantula into her room. Oh. Nobody else's room. Nobody else's room. Nobody else was complaining about bugs. The one person who was complaining about bugs bam, a tarantula came in there and was hanging out when she was going to walk out of the bathroom after she had showered and it was just sitting there hanging out, like giving her a wave as she came out. And her friend was there and said, whatever you do, don't come out. Just turn around. You don't want to see what's <laughs> in her room. <laughs> and so, you know, she, so, and even after that, she said, okay, I promise I'm going to stick by it. And I said, okay, if she's willing to stick by it after seeing that tarantula in her room, then she's, you know, she's got a chance. 
And so by the end of it, she said, you know, I am so changed. She said, I want to, I want to change my diet. She said, I, I understand now finally what you're saying is having gone through all of this together with the other women in the group, watching their change, watching their aha moments, getting all of those, you know, again, like we said before that those different angles of healing and experiencing all of those things all at once. I mean, it just sent me a message yesterday. She's like, okay, we need to talk again because there's even more stuff going on. There's even, it's just like, I can't even tell you how much things are changing right now. And I said, well, that's what it is. Once you have the right tribe and you have the right people to support you, things just start moving really fast. Yes. I love that example. It's so true. I mean, it just, it's wild. I watch it with women all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. and it all starts as the internal stuff that she was willing right, to shift and have that. I mean, I even say like just that tiny mustard seed or belief. Yeah, I'm going to trust you, Stephanie. Okay, I'm going to be willing and open and available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why when the people on your team, you want to trust them. You know, you, you want your clients to trust you or my clients to trust me, you know, and, and finding the right person that you work well together. And like I said, when I first started therapy, there was none of them that were good for me. They were not the right, you know, so you want to really have the person who speaks to you where when you're, when they're talking and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel what they're saying. I I can Mm. feel, and I trust them to give over my pain and say, Hey, help me with this to really, and allow yourself to be validated and allow yourself to feel all the different feelings so that you can move through that wall and get to the other side. And it's really about, you know, having that person on your team that is like, you can totally let loose and say whatever you need to say to them. Yes. So true. So mm-hmm. true. Um, so can you talk to us about your mindset and if you remember some of how that played into healing on the journey? As always, thank you so much for being here, for listening to these episodes, cheering these women on, and getting to hear their stories and all of the magical tips they have to share with us. So what I hope that you take away from this episode is that no two lives are the same. And please, please learn from other people, use tools and resources from people that have gone before you and that have gotten to the other side of what you're going through because there's no greater lesson than to learn from lived experiences that are in front of us. We have so many resources at our fingertips now. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to inspire women, to encourage women, to give women tools to get to the other side of self-doubt, emotional abuse, trauma, and to know that if she can do it, so can you. But also, I want to encourage you to remember that if something doesn't work for you, that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with you. If somebody else's tools don't fit for your life, you get to decide what tools are most helpful and apply them to your current situation. And so it's always about how can you build up self-trust? How can you access the support and the tools and the people and the stories that you need in your current situation to get to the other side. So I would sit with that and know that there's never anything wrong with you. 
the only thing wrong is thinking there's something wrong. And so how can you lean into that and let that be true, even if it doesn't feel true right now? Um, but it can be true and I want it to feel true for you. So stick with it. Keep coming back. Keep listening to these episodes and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. I am incredibly grateful that you are here supporting me and these brave guests. If you can do me a favor and take one minute to share this episode with someone that needs to hear it, I would be so grateful. And if you are willing, please go leave us a review. Each month, I will be choosing a reviewer to give a free coaching session to as a thank you for listening. One thing I know for certain is that we will forever be as sick as our secrets. Shame has no ability to grow when we share our stories in safe spaces. I'm more encouraged than you could possibly know by those that are willing to speak up, ask for help, and share with us that we are not alone. So don't forget, head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com, grab your free journal, and book a free 30-minute call with me to talk about the number one mindset block stopping you from the money and impact you desire to have, and one thing that you can do this week to shift it. Thanks again for being here, and we will see you next week.